The wide receiver rotation, what's it going to look like coming up today? Plus, Travis Kelsey and his injury on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Everybody is Locked On Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and that means your team every day for free on every platform around the globe, whether you're live with us right now on YouTube, where you can like, sub, and hit the bell, or whether you jump over to Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, any audio platform, we are free and available five days a week for you, our everydayers. We very much appreciate you. Sometimes you're going to get bonus content from us as well, and you can get even more content if you join the text line at 816-357-8781 and get in on the goods. I'm Ryan Tracy, founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as RGRfootball.com. Joined by my partner, Chris Clark of ChiefsCorner.com. Go get all that information there. Chris is doing great tracking third down in particular this season, as well as all the cap metrics. You want to get that information. We have more from what happened against the Vikings. What is this short week turnaround going to look like? What is the fallout with the Travis Kelsey and the rest from that game last night and who performed well? We're going to start today with the wide receiver rotation. It doesn't look like right now, as of Monday's conferences, that it's going to change much, does it, Chris? No, it really doesn't. And in a lot of ways, it kind of makes sense. Uh, I understand that a lot of people are frustrated. You look at MBS, you look at Sky Moore, who do not have very good production when it comes to yards per route run. Uh, and I get the frustration because you see Justin Roscoe in there for six plays, get four targets, and get two big catches. Uh, of course, he had the two drops too. So you need to remember that. But, you know, you look at yards per route, or sorry, yeah, yards per route run. Right now, MVS is at 0.41 for last game. Skymore at 0.48. Uh, definitely not what you want to see from two players that are playing a ton, but you know it, it's going to be one of those things where it's going to continue to change week to week, and we're going to have to wait and see what happens. I will say average depth of target is interesting to look at as well. Justin Watson off the charts at 29. <laughs> yep. he, is a, he has a machine in this offense. And that's that's where it comes back to you, right? Like you have to have some yin and some yang, right? You have to have the deep target guys and you have to have the guys that are, I don't want to say chain movers because that carries some kind of old school negative connotation that I don't think is legitimate. But that is kind of the way that this is going right now. They're taking strikes with Watson in particular, with MVS occasionally, and that really seems to be about it. That has to maintain because you have to have that ability in the offense, but that means those two guys are going to continue to get reps ahead of the guys that everybody else wants to see, including Justin Ross. Yeah, and Justin Ross had an average depth of target of 10 yards, so it's not like he was getting short uh, depth of target passes either. He just was uh, – he dropped the two that he should have caught, and he did end up with the only two drops on the day, which if you look at it overall, I think you got to feel pretty good about where Kansas City is drops-wise considering how they started the season off. Uh, obviously still not where you want it to be, but for the season, I think they have a total of, let's see, eight or nine drops. Two not of them were that, yesterday. Yeah. By Ross. Roughly, like only, I said, sorry, go ahead. Registered. I, I was going to, I'm just backing you up here. Only guy who did register dropped yesterday. So it does seem like it's cleaning up in general across the wide receiver core. Um, and I think, honestly, the, there's just going to be an asterisk on Justin Ross's name all season long because he's so new and this these are his first games so I think that's probably 
more of the expectation now that you don't see it from Tony and you don't see it from Sky Moore. And it becomes to the point where maybe next season we'll see a steadier Justin Ross, but you gotta you gotta take that negative with the possible positives because of what he brings to the table. Absolutely. And I'm not trying to talk, call you out, Todd. Todd made the question. He's, he has to eat crow because he was not excited about Watson. Not trying to call you out, but I will say there's a ton of people that have to eat crow when it comes to Justin Watson. Uh, a lot of people wanted him gone, and I get it. He just didn't look productive early in the preseason, but it's obviously that Mahomes trusts him. Uh, you look at the throws he made to him. The second one where he threw it up basically as a jump ball, uh, that's a situation where he doesn't do that very often. He gave him a chance to go get it, and Watson made a great play over the CB. Yeah, it's like it's game time. And by the way, folks, we are brought to you today by game time. Download that app, create an account, and use our code Locked On NFL to get $20 off your first process, uh, purchase. It's last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And that's what you have to do is you have to take those shots. Watson, I think, I don't know this is sustainable. I don't know when we see the next – adjustment by defenses is if this is going to continue to be more of a shot type limit for him because I do think he can do other things I was really encouraged by the fact that they got in the red zone yesterday and they took some slants into the offense they were maybe not as effective as we would like but it shows that the concept the concept of doing that with this group of longer taller bigger bodied guys is going to continue to work so you have to shift that around later Maybe it doesn't change the the number of snaps. It may change the number of targets, and I think it can certainly change the type of targets that we see when we get into the second evolution that we see every season with this offense after the base has been established and they start to to vary off of it. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I keep looking down. I'm looking at stats, and one of the things that really sticks out to me when I'm looking at the wide receiver stats that I've got that I'm uh, tracking Travis Kelsey, obviously not a wide receiver, but I'm looking at all receivers across the board, including the running backs. He's got an almost 20% target share for the season, 19.64. Who do you think is number two? Hmm, I'm going to say – I'm going to say Rasheed Rice. You're right, 12.89. That's extremely okay. encouraging, and obviously you hope that he is going to get more snaps in the future. I think he will continue to get more snaps coming forward. Uh, but he, he, it's not like he doesn't have anything to clean up. There are things yeah. that he's going to need to work on in this game. He did a lot better this week. He didn't have a drop. I think that's a very positive sign going forward. He's getting rid of the concentration issues. That's something that he has to do to get more playing time. But he also he still struggles at time against man. Got to clean that up. Got to get that figured out. Uh, there are going to be times when he's going to need to be coverage in order to give Patrick a chance. Uh, but the fact that Patrick is throwing him to, throwing to him as much as he is is a great sign. I agree with you completely. And I think Matt Nagy mentioned him today as well in that this is like the expected evolution, that he's going to make mistakes and he's going to fix things. And that's what they had planned for. And as long as that's within the framework of what the coaching staff had as an expectation and a roadmap, really, then I think you're on track. And let's be honest, all these things that we complain about the wide receivers – or while they're getting W's. And at the end of the day, that moves you down the line more than that. And if if you guys want to get into the next W, sometimes you got to get last-minute tickets. We're going to come back, talk short turnaround week, as well as the Travis Kelsey injury, after I tell you a, bit, a little bit more about the place that you want to go for those last-minute tickets. I was trying real hard to get to Minnesota, I have to tell you. Uh, it didn't work out in the end because of travel and a couple of other things. 
but I had options at tickets and they were from game time. It makes the stress fall away when you're trying to get tickets to your last minute ball game, concert, or any number of events that might be around town or in another town that you have to travel to. Um, Green Bay, you might see me coming in December, so be prepared for that. Um, you get all kinds of last minute deals. You get flash deals, zone deals. Uh, you get to view the seat before you buy it. That's always a nice feature because I, I think the perspective of the game is very important for whatever venue you're in, whether it's Arrowhead or somewhere around the country. So you also get the most important thing, the, the lowest price guarantee, even uh, protection against event cancellation, et cetera. So all you got to do is go get in the action at game time, download the game time app, create an account and use our code locked on NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms do apply, but if you go and download the app, create that account, use the code locked on chiefs, I'm sorry, locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase, you get that guaranteed. You get all that guarantee. You get to view the seat. You even get a rebate of up to 110% of the difference if you find it cheaper. It's all at the game time. So check it out today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. The other guarantee outside of, uh, you know, what's that phrase? Death and taxes. Uh, and then there's going to be Kels. There's going to be a little bit of uh, flavor or drama sometimes, and there's going to be a gutsy performance. And I think that's what we saw, maybe more so than than I let on a, a, in our post game show. And folks, if you missed our post game show, make sure you get liked and subbed here on the channel because we go live after every ball game, give you our fresh perspective. We come back on days like today and we break it down further after a little bit of review as well. And what I glanced over. Probably last night was the fact that Travis got back in and was almost shook the whole injury off. And yet when we hear today from Adam Schefter and some other people that, um, yes, like my original concept of that, it might not be a slam dunk that he's ready for Thursday. That still exists. And those two things in juxtaposition are, are somewhat troublesome. So I apologize that I didn't go over that more last night for you guys. It was a significant comeback within the ball game. Uh, kudos to Travis Kelsey. But you get on a plane. You sit down, it stiffens up, it swells, you have to go to treatment. That's what today is about. When the injury report came out today, and it is just a simulated or estimated, Travis Kelsey would not have been able to participate. And that tells you something. So I think it is very much still going to be up in the air whether Travis can play this coming Thursday against the Broncos. I would agree with you, but I think the more important thing from that report, and I'm not saying that Kelsey isn't important, he is obviously, uh, but we also saw some other injuries at the end of that game with Drew, Drew Tranquil and with uh, Mike Dana. And both of those guys would have been full participants today in practice had they had practice. And I say that's more important because, to me, looking at the way Travis Kelsey played yesterday, I kind of already thought that maybe he wasn't going to be available for Thursday. And it's more of the fact that of exactly what you said. When you get into a plane and everything starts to swell, the adrenaline goes away. You get away from the painkillers that you probably took when you went into halftime, and that is going to become an issue. Now, can he got it out? Can he do it? I'm not going to put anything past Travis Kelsey. I, you know he's going to want to be on the field for that game. But it's also possible that the Chiefs look at it and say, look, he doesn't play against the Broncos. He sits a week and a half, and ha we have a fresh Travis Kelsey kind of a little bit against the Chargers the next week, which is going to be a huge game. So – wouldn't shock me to see Travis miss this one. Uh, obviously, extremely important to the offense. I think the Chiefs offense can get it done and get past the Broncos without Kelsey. Yeah, I, I have to agree. And kudos to Mike Dana. Um, 
obviously we get a lot of fanfare because you're Travis Kelsey. Like Dan, I got her on the very last play of the game. Didn't get to see much of it. You know, if you were watching through the whistle uh, or through the the end of the the game, you might have seen a little bit. But whenever you have a rib injury, it's hard to get around and it's difficult to get over. If it's just like a pulled intercostal muscle, that's not that terrible. But if you actually have rib injuries to the bones, even the slightest thing is bothersome. And to be able to practice the next day, even if it is simulated, that's fine. We'll see what happens tomorrow. It is a very short week. We're going to talk about what that means coming up here later in the show. But if we take a step back of what that did, Travis Kelsey obviously gave a boost to the offense. Mike Dana had some great plays for the defense, but he was not alone. And I, I do think we need to kind of go back over uh, some of the performances that maybe we didn't tout enough last night because it was very, very evenly distributed, in my opinion. I specifically brought up the pressures that Trent McDuffie was able to create. Well, George Karloff just did as well. Did, was he able to hit the quarterback as much? No, but Mike Dana was and Chris Jones was. They each, all four of those guys, had three pressures apiece, and everybody but Carlottis was actually able to hit the quarterback. Now, George has a hamstring thing going on as well. Uh, I believe he was listed as would have been a full participant today as well. Is that correct? Nope, limited. Limited, okay. Yep, he and Bolton are limited, along with Mike Matt Dickerson, who didn't play. So uh, still possible without Nick Bolton, but we'll see. I, I think when you take a step back at that, that explains a little bit like we were talking yesterday, how we didn't see – Maybe what we expected, um, that George was set up for a, a decent matchup and maybe we had hoped that he'd get a little bit more pressure or, or get home, that kind of thing. I think uh, the hamstring itself kind of gives you a better idea of what that was. Um, Leo, we know we, we got home, got the the quarterback. Uh, Felix Enrique Ozamo is still kind of waiting on that. It seems like this next game is not going to be an opportunity to really change anything dramatic you know, no technique changes you're not going to be able to come off the ball any better hopefully what it means is that back to back and knowing that you have extra days off following that those guys are going to be able to bounce back because if george's hamstring is bothersome still um especially if he can't practice all week and then he tries to play you have to go back to relying on what can he get from leo chanel as an add-on what can he get from felix as the base guy that might have to play instead of him, or or at least in relief of him, you know what I mean, to go with Mike Dana and to go with Chris Jones. Yeah, and there's going to be a question, you know, who you're going to have rushing the passer. And, and you know, you mentioned, you know, Chris Jones had five pressures, Karloftis three, Trent McDuffie three, Dana three. Uh, you know, two of those guys got sacks. Leo Chanel got a sack. I think he's looking even better rushing the passer than I was expecting him to. Uh, but it's impressive that he, what he's able to do uh, and he continues to seem to grow every single game, which is something that's very exciting. Uh, and then you look at a situation where you're one game away, and I know we're, we need to talk about the Broncos, but one, we're one game away from getting a mini back. Then you get a, a bigger boost to your pass rush, uh, and that's going to be interesting to see how the Chiefs use that. And if he steps in, I can't imagine he's probably going to start week one uh, against the Chargers. I would imagine he's probably going to have to you know, get into playing shape a little bit and come off the bench, but that's fine. Uh, I think he can still give them a big boost at the pass rush position, and it's going to be really intriguing to see what this pass rush looks like here in a couple of weeks when he gets back. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, who's going to be ready for that, and what should this short week turnaround look like for a couple of guys that are either going to have to play a bigger role or might not be able to play as big a role as they normally are? We're going to hit this turnaround coming up next. Snap into action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. 
Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Go out to FanDuel. Check it out. Go look and see if there's any bets you want to place on the Green Bay Packers or the Las Vegas Raiders. They are playing tonight. That should be an interesting game. I'm not really sure that it's going to be a good game. Uh, I'm guessing that Green Bay is going to run away with it uh, just based on the way the Raiders look. But go check it out. Go see if there's any specific bets that you want to make on FanDuel. That's $200 in bonus bets if you win or if you lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overs and unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I think when you take a look at the what this should be going on uh, today, obviously a lot of treatment, a lot of trying to take care of yourself, get your body right. Sleep is going to be really important this week. So uh, 10, 10, 10 practices are, are more likely. We're going to have a, at least a practice on Tuesday to see what they're they're ready for. I don't know how much we're going to glean from that. We'll see what Andy Reid decides to do with the practice schedule. But that said, everything that we talked about on the defensive front is also legitimate across the rest of the roster as well. Saw Josh Williams play about 50% of the snaps last night. Uh, Jerry Sneed led the way in the secondary with 55, along with uh, Drew Tranquil, uh, Trent McDuffie at 54, Justin Reed at 55. Everybody else had a little bit of time off, right? And they, they didn't have to be the Ironmen. With Tranquil's knee, and, and as you said earlier, you hope that that's going to allow him to not have to push Nick Bolton. But first and foremost, do you think this is the week that they forego this game against the Vikings in order to have him here for the Broncos? Nick Bolden, that is. Possibly. I think, you know, you looked at this game, and I, but I also say that you look at Tranquil. Tranquil is dealing with a wrist injury before going into this game. And I think that they were just figured that it would be better to have Nick Bolton. The other question that it comes down to when you start looking at those two players, Nick Bolton is going to be on a short week too. And if he's limited in practice on a day where they didn't actually have practice, I think it was closer to doubtful that he was going to play in the last game, regardless of, of you know them calling him questionable. So it's going to be a big question. And I, unfortunately, you could be right. Maybe they're going to end up in a situation where Bolton is going to have to force the hand uh, or Tranquil is going to have to force the hand of them playing Bolton because Tranquil's not going to be able to go or they're afraid that he won't be able to go for the full game. Tranquil's been fantastic for this defense and is a huge cog in the middle of the defense, and when he when he's been coming in for Nick Bolton, regardless, uh, you would hope to have both those guys, guys healthy. The bigger question, though, I guess, is how do you feel about the backup of Tranquil if Tranquil gets hurt and can't finish the game? Because that could be a huge issue if you don't have Bolton. And how do you feel about Bolton on another basically two weeks of rest getting ready for the Chargers game? I feel like especially with the Chargers themselves being what they are and the way that they play the Chiefs, I'm I'm okay taking that risk of either having to have Leo step in. If Tranquil were not able to complete this ball game at the middle, you could put Leo in there. They seem comfortable with Jack Cochran getting reps recently. So I, I think they have to they at least feel as though that that's a viable option as well. So I think the, the side of caution here is probably more prevalent the best thing to do when it comes to Nick Bolton as well as Travis Kelsey. Although having one of your stars out on both sides is troublesome, that may be the best thing for this roster going forward against a Broncos team that I'm not sure until we talk maybe tomorrow or the next day 
uh, if they're really going to be able to put up a threat against the Chiefs. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Sean Payton is going to be able to get out of that team. Uh, they've looked good at times. They've looked horrible most of the time. Uh, it, it's just it's one thing, and, and there's people out in the media right now saying that Russell Wilson is out playing Patrick Mahomes uh, when the records couldn't say anything further from the truth. Uh, it just goes to show you you can't just look at stats. You have to look at how they're playing in the game and when they're getting their yards. I think Wilson is getting a lot, a lot of yards late because the Broncos are trying to catch up, and I think that is inflating the stats. Uh, but he had a huge fumble that cost them horribly yesterday. So that game is going to be intriguing to see what Kansas City is able to do. I expect that they're going to have you know a good game plan for the Broncos. They know that team. Uh, the This is a game, though, where if you really want to – do something that you're not used to doing as a Chiefs offense, this might be a game where you give Pacheco the ball 25 times and you give McKinnon 10 carries. And I know that sounds like a lot of carries, but the Broncos have given up almost 900 yards rushing in the past four four games. They're susceptible to the run. And for everybody out there saying that Clyde is not doing anything on offense, I don't necessarily disagree with you. But the key there is, is you have to have him playing some because you have to be getting – some snaps away from Pacheco and from McKinnon uh, because you want them healthy late in the year. And I don't think they feel like P. Ryan is a guy that can, that can step in and play that role. Agreed. Um, and, and I'll give Clyde credit in, in a different area. When you take a look at the blocking schemes from yesterday, um, all the offensive linemen, which is kind of a departure from what we've seen early in the season, every single one of them played every snap at 66, they played together as a unit. The only guy that was in that group within their grades on PFF, meaning that they didn't give up any gross pressures or anything like that. There were a few pressures yesterday, uh, clearly, and there was a sack out. It, it happens. The guy that was in there amongst the grades of the offensive lineman, clearly above all the tight ends and all the wide receivers, was Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So doing some work there, maybe it's an unseen piece of the offense, but it is contributing and it is up there with trying to protect Patrick Mahomes. We all know that that's what makes this world go around. Absolutely. And if he's going to step in and he's going to do that kind of thing, I think you have to be happy with it. And you you move on and, and you let him play his five or six or ten snaps, whatever it is. Maybe you don't have to be handing the ball off every time he comes in. But there's a reason they're spelling Pacheco. There's a reason they're spelling McKinnon. They know that this is a long season and those guys are going to be the workhorses when you get into the playoffs. You need to have those two healthy. Yeah, there's no way around that. So the rest of this week is about exploring health. It's about getting that game plan in. We know the Chiefs, and they, we know that they prepare ahead of time. They they ran at least some plays for the Broncos last week in practice as well. They will be prepared. Uh, night game, short week, just be ready to come out and be explosive. I think the biggest question tomorrow will be Travis Kelsey. We'll see who else. But there are other questions, and you guys have some of them as well. Uh, we do try, especially early in the week, to answer a couple of your questions, and we'll get to that here in a second. Really quick, though, the thing that sticks out to me, zero penalties from the offensive line yesterday. Better knock zero. on Zero. It's all you can ask for. I mean, obviously, yep. you, you want them to keep Pat up, and there was 12 total pressures. Uh, there was a little bit more pressure than you'd want. Uh, but at the same time, I think that they played pretty well, and you know, you're looking at a situation where I think if you can get that kind of game from the offensive line most of the time, I think you're going to feel pretty good about it. Agreed. So when it comes to questions, um, I think the pertinent one also from Todd from earlier 
He said, what is giving Sky issues? Thought that this would be his year. I, and I think we all kind of felt like that, especially the way that it was talked up preseason. But I will tell you this. Uh, if you missed our film review over on RGR Football, make sure you go check that out from last week because Sky Moore is getting open. He's getting himself, even against Sauce Gardner, uh, in particular a play where he actually had a go-route on him. Ball wasn't delivered for whatever pressure or other reason. There are still opportunities there, and I think for right now it's just that there are other reads ahead of him at this point. And I think part of that was due to the Kadarius Tony injury. Chris, you correct me if I'm wrong, but having to kind of fill that role partially, I think that kind of set off the development, uh, and we have to get back on track for that for Sky. Well, and you have to also look back at what we were talking about yesterday on our show right after the game. You know, Matt talked about it. You start looking at all the targets that they're getting, guys, and, you know, you have Travis Kelsey who got 11 targets yesterday. You know, Rasheed Rice is getting five to six targets, seven targets a game. You you bring in a guy like Justin Ross who gets four targets. Right there, you're already at 20 targets. That is going to be an issue uh, even if you're throwing the ball 40 times. You're you're just not running in a place. Kadarius Tony, I think, had six targets yesterday. Uh, you know, that gets you to 25. So then you're sitting there with the rest of your offense trying to figure out where you're going to take the ball, where you're going to throw the ball. And Sky Moore just hasn't had those plays. I think one of the things that you pointed out earlier, uh, he tried to step into the Tony role to an extent. Uh, and I don't think that they've been bringing back the packages of Sky Moore. I thought I've seen him open several times. And I talked about this, I think, yesterday. The play where Travis Kelsey catches, catches that touchdown on the second drive in the second half, Sky Moore was wide open on his side of the field. He had his guy beat, but he wasn't the he wasn't the read. And I get it, but it's not like he's not getting open. It's just not his play call at that point. Yeah, I, I agree. No way around it. We have a question from Red Hood as well. We will grab this one. Uh, feels like the rotation at wide receiver needs to be shortened as it appears nobody's getting in rhythm with Mahomes outside of Kelsey. And I, while I understand where you're coming from, I do think that's part of the process too. I think they're doing that by having packages for players. Part of the reason Justin Ross isn't in there every play is because they have a set package of plays that they're running for him to be able to show up, A, what he does best, and to show them that he can understand where he's supposed to be. There have been some, some flaws in his game through the early part of this season about understanding where his route needs to go or where he needs to be positioned. And I think that that's coming along. So I see what you mean. I wouldn't mind it settling down and focusing a lot on Rasheed Rice. I'm going to double down on that this week just like I did last week. But now I think peppering in not only Scott, but Kadarius and Ross, I think that has to start happening a little bit more and maybe a little bit less of the predetermined packages. And I guess the other thing I would say when looking at this and looking at what the Chiefs do, I don't think Kansas City really cares right now, to be quite honest. And, and I say that because they're looking at what are they going to be doing in January and February. All they care about is getting ready for January and February. They're 4-1. and one. They're atop the AFC and granted, obviously, that can change with one loss, and I get that. But they're right where they want to be right now, and they're already looking ahead. Okay, where do we want to get to in January and February? Because they have to plan on how are we going to get these players ready for that experience in January and February. And I think that's exactly what they're trying to do here. And I think that's why you see them trying to get as many guys as involved as you can. Because think about it. If you can get you know, Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore and Justin Ross and MBS and get all of those guys going by the playoffs, you're going to be able to run way many more things than you have been able to do so far this season. And it completely opens up the offense. And maybe you don't have to rely as much on Travis Kelsey. That is, I think, where they want to go. 
Uh, and, you know, I, I want to touch on this one really quick. It's not a question. <laughs> I disagree with this. Um, and, and I disagree with it because you look at Rishi Rice. And I think Sky Moore is getting open as well. You can say that the George Pickens is good, and he is. He's a good player. I want a George Pickens instead of Sky Moore. But there's a reason he's not in Kansas City. One that was the injury, I think, part was partially a part of it. And it's to the character. I don't think that they wanted him here because of the character. That's my two cents. That could be. And we also have to recognize that there are guys that fit into the roles uh, in the way that the Chiefs use receivers, maybe better than others. And I think Pickens was a, maybe a little bit of a narrow route tree. Maybe they didn't feel that he was um, had enough variety to his game to, to work for them in the way that they want. I'd argue that I'd like to add whatever he has to the offense, but that's me. Uh, I'm not Andy Reid. And so while I don't disagree that, yes, that would have been a successful pick, I still uh, I think despite what is a slower starting period, that it always is an Andy Reid system, I'm not sold that Sky Moore isn't going to end up being uh, the more contributing player come season three and season four. We'll see. And I know you're a big Georgia fan, so that kind of helps you with that, that scenario as well. But uh, I, I'm curious to see what they're able to get through with the rest of the wide receivers. But again, like I said, they're really trying to play for January and February and trying to get everybody ready. And that's the important thing. Because the other side that we haven't talked about when it comes to the wide receivers is you have injuries. They're going to happen. You have to have as many healthy players as you can. And you have to have guys ready to go regardless. Yeah, Richie James illustrates that. Yeah, you all remember Richie James? Yeah. Uh, that's going to happen again this season. It's going to happen maybe twice. Uh, you're going yeah. to lose some players. So it's going to be about the depth that you're building, and I think that that is, is a quality that hits in December and January. We're going to ask Matt about that tomorrow. Uh, Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest, the beat reporter on the scene, will be with us tomorrow to give us the insight from what this week looks like inside the Chiefs organization. If you want to find out about that and more, hit the text line at 816-357-8781. Get yourself signed up there. We're going to be back with Matt tomorrow. We will then have a pregame look at those Broncos and get ready for Thursday night football. I hope you guys are ready for it. It's going to be a quick week, but we're going to have fun. I hope that you will too. We appreciate you being with us. Make sure you like, sub, hit this bell, get on this team. We are moving forward with your Chiefs every single day. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.